If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to Level Up, the Esports and Gamma Show with me, Nathan Bliss. Uh, it's a very special episode today. We've got Carlos Ocelot Rodriguez, founder and CEO of G2 Esports with us. Carlos, thanks so much for joining us. It's a real pleasure to have you on. How are you, first of all? Uh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure's mine. I'm good. I'm very good. I mean, it's, it's you know, uh, there's a lot of open fronts, a lot of things to work on, which makes me very happy. I'm typically the saddest. It's funny. I'm the saddest when everything goes according to plan. Actually, <laughs> so really? I, 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 I need the little. Uh, I need. I need the. I need the ups and the, the 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 things failing here and there to feel the fire in my eyes. You know. I'll ask my producer if we can sort something out, if we can sort some technical issues out a bit later on, keep you on your toes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'm going to throw some figures at you because I've looked on, I've done a bit of research obviously before the podcast uh, and you, what you've accomplished with G2 is incredible in just a short period of time. Uh, you've got eight teams, 100 plus first places, over 5 million in rewards and 40 million fans worldwide. Um, teams in League of Legends, Apex Legends, CSGO, Rainbow Six Siege, Valorant, Rocket League, Fortnite, sim racing and halo which is the newest one um but you only launched in 2015 uh how how has that all gone for you in the last seven years <laughs> yeah actually prize money is typically not a very good way to get to to see success rate of an organization because there are crazy tournaments that are perhaps easier to win than others that have like insane price price pool it's so that's a bit of a uh uh lucky punch you know, uh, it, it can just completely change that number. But uh, for the most part, I mean, yeah, I, it's honestly, I'm just very happy and fortunate to um, have built and have, uh, I mean, actually, I think most importantly, the culture in the company, have built a culture that I'm very, very happy to work in, that people are happy to work in. And it's a very desirable culture to want to be a part of it, whether you're a staff member or a player and, it's just something that we've built something that just is, is larger than us, you know? So I'm, I'm just honestly really happy. And for people who don't know, you were a, a professional player before, before you yeah. started G2 Esports. Um, what, what made you go from being a player to wanting to form your own esports organization? Well, um, I've been, I'm, I'm 31 years old right now. And uh, I started with 15 years old to be a pro player, so essentially. So that's like 16 years. Uh, more uh, is a more than half my life, you know, in this industry. So I've been a professional player for nine years straight uh, at the highest level in two different games, of course, at different times. And um, and and I mean, when I compare how things were back then to how things are today, it's just ludicrous. Like the difference is insane. Like I remember my 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 very very first tournaments, um, I was taking like three planes to uh, to arrive uh, from Spain to Germany. <laughs> so you can imagine what those those trips look like. And I was staying in a place uh, surrounded with other people in the same room as well. So it's like pretty pretty archaic, you know. If you think about it now, considering my players are demanding 
<laughs> you know, very great flights, direct business class, five-star hotel with spa, ideally, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's a big change. And of course, they need the, they need our cook in there to travel with them. Of course, why not? So the cook needs to have a place to stay in a kitchen to cook in. And the list goes on. So <laughs> things have changed, you know. And, and it's just funny to see how from the very beginning until now, uh, it's not like I came out of nowhere and saw everything all of a sudden developed. I was part of that process, you know? I was the yeah. player that was pushing for more and I was the owner that was pushing for less. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's a funny position to be in. You know, things are incredibly, incredibly good right now. And, and I, don't, I don't think players and talent appreciates that just yet, you know? Mm. When you're a player, when was the moment when you thought... You know, I'm going to start my own one of these. I'm going to have my own shot at it. When when was that decision made? Well, I feel like when you're number one at something, and I was the number one player at some point in different games, there's nothing else in your brain than that one thing. And, you know, when I realized that I was losing that, and typically I think about it like it, it's it's the showers. I feel like it's the showers that give it away. If in the showers you're thinking about something else than your job, in I mean, I'm not saying you should think in the showers about your job, but depending how crazy you're about it, if you want to be the number one and you're not thinking about your job in the shower, chances are you're not the number one anymore or you're about to be not the number one anymore in the future. So, yeah, I, I think the showers gave it away for me. I was no longer dreaming about raising trophies myself but i was dreaming about creating something that outlasts my career making people laugh entertaining them uh, having groups of people that i put together lift trophies instead i was just dreaming about different things you know and so when the moment i realized it i started the transition to quit the game quit as a professional quit my career as a professional player and start a new life as the as, as the manager the CEO of an organization like ours. I had no idea. I know, honestly, I had no idea what, what where to start. I had no idea about anything. I didn't understand how companies work. I didn't understand ownerships. When you get investors into your company, I didn't understand anything. How to hire someone. I never had a job. I only played video games. If that, I mean, yeah, that was my job, right? And I learned to relate to people. I learned to win, and I learned to make my sponsors happy. That's what I learned. Uh, a lot of these skills were incredibly useful to build you too. But a lot of the skills that I couldn't develop uh, with other jobs, uh, I was missing. So I jumped into the pool without knowing how to swim, spent all my money into G2. I literally placed all my money I earned as a player into G2. And I said, either I'm going to become a billionaire out of this shit, or I'm going bankrupt. That's literally what I told to myself. And I think we're closer to the billion than to bankruptcy. So I'm happy. <laughs> You mentioned you touched on it earlier about how you got three you three flights from Spain to Germany and how you had to share a room and how how much the esports industry has changed and that was one of my questions so thanks for answering that um, at the start but just give me an like has it surprised you how big the industry is now how fast it's grown or did you did you know back then that you know what this is huge it's going to get more it's going to get bigger or has it surprised you I mean, not really. I, I guess if you look at it in hindsight, you're like, oh my God, there's been a lot of change, right? But this is like asking Cristiano Ronaldo, um, do you, you, you think it was going to get to this point? 
you know, your career was going to this point. And he probably is going to answer, I mean, I don't know. I was just training and it's like time passed and I was getting better. All of a sudden I was playing in Manchester United. You know, that, that's how it is, you know. So from my position, from my point of view, nothing came out as a surprise. I, and I've seen the industry being underhyped, overhyped, underhyped, overhyped. Uh, now probably like on a cycle of four or five times. I've seen games that were the shit, that were going to change everything, come and go, come and go. Games that people thought were dead, um, that are still dead today, there today, sorry, as the most played and watched. I've seen it all. So it's almost like the, where we are right now, it just feels like it, like natural, you know? When I see a lot of these companies being wildly successful, Riot Games, you know, there's a lot of examples out there, you know? I'm like, I mean, yeah, I, I believe it, and there's nothing crazy about it, you know? There's no bubble or anything like that. It's just the, the normal course of things. Uh, because from my point of view, you see how things develop real time. So yeah, not, not, not surprised at all. And it's funny because if you show me on TV right now, uh, you have like a crystal ball or something and you show me how the industry is going to look like 10 years from now, I'm going to probably be like, Oh my God, how, how are we going to get there? It makes no sense. But probably if you ask me 10 years from now, the same question, I'm going to tell you the same answer. Yeah, it doesn't feel like anything crazy. You know, I was part of it, so it just feels yeah. natural. I think that's one of the beauty of, of the industry, though, isn't it? In the, the next big game is always around the corner, or the next always. new thing is always around the corner. There's all, it's, it, the way technology is so, yeah. moving and stuff, it's just going to be... Think about something. Um, just think about the cycle of game development. So 10 years ago, it was incredibly unlikely that... Uh, an indie developer came out with a banger game. Yeah. It had to be really a great, I mean, a right place, right time, and plus talent, plus, you know, luck. And I think Riot Games was not only talented, but also lucky, right? With League of Legends. You don't have a lot of stories like, like Riot Games. You don't have a lot of them um, to date. But I think as years go by, that story will be more and more present because the access to technology, the engines, like the, the game engines where you build these games in are getting simpler and simpler and at the same time deeper and deeper that you can do more and more things easier, which requires less and less people to accomplish this. A lot of things are automated. There's millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of assets online that you can have access to. Uh, so it's like more and more it's becoming prevalent that a single developer creates a banger game, which was just not possible before, period. Now you have Unreal Engine 5, which is just making everybody dream, you know? So I think we're going to see the next cycle of game creation uh, in the next three to five years, which is what a proper game takes to develop. And, and it's going to be glorious. I think it's a, lot of, a lot of AA publishers, a lot of unknown publishers, a lot of unknown developers that are just going to come out with incredible ideas that are going to make AAA developers and studios um, need to apply themselves, actually. That's really interesting you say that because obviously... We're only days um, after the news that Activision Blizzard was sold to Microsoft. And um, if you look at their gaming portfolio, even though their games 
sell millions, they're actually on the decline. Such a huge publisher were on the, was on the decline, and then Microsoft obviously bought them. But who who knows whether Microsoft will be able to take them to new heights? But yeah, I think more and more people are going towards these more these more indie games just because. Yeah, I mean, even even Microsoft owns a bunch of uh, smaller studios. I mean, and they will continue to acquire them. Yeah. It's it's going to continue to happen increasingly. So like now, AA studios are becoming more and more powerful and are coming up with better and better. Shit. And you're starting to see who were who was lucky, you know, versus who was really talented. Like, for example, Riot Games, they've come up with another banger. That's not luck. I mean, Valorant, how many times have you seen developers try to mimic the success of Counter-Strike? With, without success. When now Valorant, look at it. Everybody's playing it. And they might do the same with the fighting title they're close to releasing. So I think that's the new age AAA developers. Um, I think Epic is another trip, another new age AAA developer that gets it, you know? And, and there are some others that don't get it. And those will slowly die out or, be in, or they're going to get fire sold. Uh, there's plenty of people out there to acquire them as well. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. And, and it just in terms of like the perception of esports, I don't know about you, but I noticed during the the initial pandemic back in 2020 March to May time, I felt a real change in perception uh, in the image of esports because no sports are going on, and esports had to prop up the entire live industry. There was no other events going on other than esports. You had some sim racing esports going on with real real life sports men and women getting involved there was all sorts of remote tournaments and stuff did you know notice a change in perception around that time with uh, esports being able to be played remotely yeah there was a change of perception definitely but i feel like um is it was the word i'm looking for like perennial it's like it's not like uh, it's like it's like how do you call it when the leaves of a tree uh, fall in some seasons and grow in some others that tree is i think perennial i think that's the, yeah yeah i think so yeah 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 so that's yeah so th that's the same you know it's like these, these thoughts whether it's overhype or underhype are gonna come and go and yeah the industry was overhyped by 2020 as a result of people being like oh my god there's this industry that's at 100 still even with all this pandemic whereas we just literally had to stop straight up and and what's going on here? And then a lot of eyes came into this. Of course, more more time spent at home means more time to entertain ourselves with digital online. And video games play a big part in this. And watching people play video games play a part in this. So, of course, numbers went up um, as a result. And, and actually, it's funny because now that things are coming back to normal slowly, numbers are still up, actually, relative to even previous year, which is pretty crazy to me. But... Um, but I, I, I have seen that cycle come and go a few times already, and it's just normal, you know? At some point, people will be like, you know, they will underappreciate their, their industry, and sometimes, and at some point, they will overappreciate it. At some point, Lady Gaga or whoever, you know, will just say that they play League of Legends publicly, and all of a sudden, it's cool. And yeah, that's how it goes. So it, this is a generational phenomenon, and there's no question on whether video games will... Uh, remain as the largest entertainment industry or not? The answer is 100% yes. Um, because it's uh, agnostic. Video games and video game competition is agnostic to platform. 
whether it's played on PC, console, PS4, PS5, iPad, uh, phone, AR, VR, it doesn't matter. If, if, if there's a video game and there's competition in it, both video games and esports will thrive. Uh, whether Lady Gaga plays it or not. So, and as technology gets more accessible to people and gets cheaper to buy a computer, to buy, eventually everything will be a phone. Our computer will be a phone connected to a monitor. Uh, there will be no consoles. It'll be a phone. Everything will be literally the phone eventually. No joint uh, graphics cards anywhere. <laughs> it'll be in the phone and it'll be yeah. incredibly powerful. And you can connect it into, into the monitor. Eventually that'll happen. And when there's mass adoption like that, when internet, I don't know how far we are from this because I'm not knowledgeable enough, but when the internet allows for low latency uh, between regions and uh, things like that, we haven't, we're not even anywhere close to mass adoption. When that happens, it's ludicrous to think, to, to not believe that this is going to be hands down without a question, the largest entertainment industry with a huge margin over the second. It's just so exciting, isn't it, to be part of an industry like that? There's just it just seems to be growing all the time. Just or, or new stuff happening all the time. New new brands emerging, new games emerging, new organizations, new players emerging every year as well. Yeah. Um, and talking about new, nice segue there. Uh, I want to talk to you about your music video. Nice. Uh, when did you? <laughs> I actually showed it to Matt literally about two minutes before you came on. Yeah, mate, um, I watched it and. It's a banger. It's so, <laughs> it's so good. So good. Thank you. Yeah, the man, the production you. value um, like blew me away um, as part of it. But then I'm not I'm not really surprised because in terms of like your organization and the, you know, the, the amount of everything that you've got access to. But I wanted to like, when did you first have the idea to, to launch a music video? How long has it been in the pipeline? So I was like, um, probably like, seven months ago or so eight months ago and i've always wanted to sing in a song and make a song actually so i i i told i told my team and then we were not sure how to get started you know and so i started talking with people you know and friends of mine and one of them is the creative director of riot games he's who's also the creative director of arcane and leads pentakill and kda and all these things and i was like Bro, we speak every now and then, but we never talk about doing a job, you know? I, this morning I was at the gym and I loved Pentakill, you know? I mean, I just I was just playing Pentakill. I love Epic Metal, you know? So I was just lifting weights on ep into Epic Metal, you know? And he's like, oh, shit, I didn't know that you love uh, Epic Metal. And, it's like, and I'm like, yeah, I would, love to, I would love to make a song, you know, and sing in it. And, and, and he was like, yeah, sure. And, I, and, and I'm going to help you for free. And I'm like, what? Okay, well, you know, okay, fine. Let, let's, you know, let's create a WhatsApp group and stuff. So it started there. And he was like, yeah, send me some, send me some, <clears throat> some uh, melodies you have in mind, right? And so I remember very clearly sending him like a WhatsApp voice note on my shower. You could hear the shower in the back. And it's just me singing a melody I just made up with placeholder lyrics I just made up. And I, I, sang, I sang it well, right? And he was like, wait, what the f Like, how, you, you can sing? Like, why? Like, when you told me you wanted to sing, I didn't think you could sing, you know? So, and, and I was like, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like singing. And and, like, and then we, um, yeah, I kept giving him melodies and I kept sending him voice notes and he was like more and more pumped up. And so 
eventually when it started when the, when the draft the first draft second draft third draft started coming together which still sounded like crap you know i was like you know i think it needs one violin and then we put the violin in and i'm like no no but like a real violin and like maybe not one violin it's probably like more violins and so it started like escalating like that eventually we ended up with 20 violins one cello and i was like i want the best violinist we can get the best cello is we can get i want the best drummer we can get i want the best guitarist well at the end of the day we spent half a million dollars in the show in the song uh from us from something that i intended to spend two thousand you two thousand dollars on like just the studio recording a couple more things you know yeah uh, so yeah we spent literally half a million dollars in the in the song just for fun and there's literally no other explanation than we just wanted to have fun with it mm-hmm. and once we realized how music could impact our uh, uh, content, our you know we could score our own movies, we could score our own shows, we could um, make music that represents specific moments from our competitive successes and failures. We could we could create a chronologically ordered song list that you go back to 10 years from now and say, ah, I remember, yeah, they won the finals here of this blah, blah. And the song touches on it. And not only the song, but also the show they put together, this animated show also touches on it, even though it's like catered to mainstream audience and stuff like that. So all of a sudden we started thinking really big about this. And now it ended up uh, being something that I guarantee will be a cornerstone for the next decades which is music is another way of entertaining our fans and another way for us to have fun. Yeah. I mean, that's another huge thing about the industry, esports and gaming is that it's such a huge part of culture that it doesn't fit into any one, one part. It's not entertainment. It's not music. It's not films. It's not sports. It's not sport. Yeah, it, exactly. Can, it can be its own. It can be 100%. bigger than it, which is I've, I, I, when I first started this podcast, I had discussions with people about it should be a sport because esports players, they, but I realized, I thought I was doing it a service by trying to make it at the Olympics and things like that. But I've come to realize now that hang on, no sports will hold it back. Just let it, let it be its own thing. I don't know where you yeah, stand. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I mean, I don't think we, we hold it back. You know, it's, it's not a bad thing to call it sports. I don't mind it. I mean, in fact, but I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this eternal conflict of esports is not a sport. I don't care. Fine. Okay. It's not a sport. Okay. You, you go get it, Karen. Like, just let us <laughs> have fun in the meantime, you know? So yeah. uh, ultimately, um, we, uh, this, this, this is entertainment. And who says what's entertaining? The people that watch it says it, and numbers don't lie. We are entertaining, mm. and many esports teams teams call themselves sports teams. Fine. Many esports teams call themselves tech companies. Fine. Many esports teams have satellite businesses around hardware and like other forms of, you know, to generate. Ma- Fine. Not me. We are an entertainment company. Period. Hopefully we win, but we might lose. And whether we win or lose, we're gonna make you laugh. That's our, role. That's our role. That's the role we, ch- we choose to play. And the way I see G2 is as a perfect mix between Real Madrid and Marvel. And that's my, that's, that's my vision. That's my company. I do whatever the f- I want with it. And because there is nothing, there's, there's no rules I have to follow. Now it becomes my truth. Yeah, I mean, you touched on it there, your vision for G2 Esports. I was going to ask you to get your crystal ball out again, but um, where... where? I, I, yeah, I think that... 
within the next 10 years, you will see animated movies of G2, whether it was different IP, maybe the samurai, maybe the little guy, Sami, who knows. Uh, you will see distributed shows uh, in uh, biggest p platforms available, maybe animated, maybe played with uh, actors, maybe a combination of both. Uh, you will see the G2 IP and the characters of the G2 IP at large played in games or appearing in games, whatever the, you know, maybe single player games, maybe multiplayer games. Um, whatever skins we, we create in those games, we'll have a story. We will make sure they do uh, a lore. Um, at the same time, you will, will continue to be an esports team. Our teams will continue to win. We'll continue to make people laugh in socials. We'll continue to meme ourselves after losing, meme the opponents before playing them and after playing them. And we will continue to have fun with our job. It is what it is. And when you look at the company, if you're an investor and not a fan, you're looking at the company and you're going to be like, okay, that's a media company. That's a 360 media company. The only difference between Disney and G2 is the size. It's it. The, I think you just touched on it there perfectly in terms of the uh, the whole industry. Fun is the word. Yeah, it's the, it's the, fun. And, and there's something know, for everyone, cool? isn't there? You, you know what's cool? There's never been. We G two is the first ever in history, uh, sports team or competitive team uh, with fantasy aspects in parallel mm. as part of the same brand. In other words, like. There's never been a competitive organization that has merged that with an IP that's fully made up and that has its own tone of voice, its own characters, its own lore, its own story, its own design, uh, its own everything. And we're going to be the first ones or we are the first ones. And who tells you then what's the right thing to do if it's never been done? So... We just literally, how do you call it? Like this piñata, you have, you're just blindfolded and just trying to piñata to hit with, you know? That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> so it'll be a little f up, but it's going to be fun. Such a such a good analogy. Um, Matt, I know you've been silent for a while. Um, do you, is there anything you wanted to ask or were you just, um, were you just listening to Carlos there? That, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating to listen to, but I, I think the thing that's really interesting about what you just said is, is um, that... It, it's what you're doing has never been done and every media or entertainment company has always come from a different place like it's always come from film tv uh like books somewhere else uh some other corner of entertainment and it's really interesting to see a company that has come from gaming to then create entertainment on all across the board so i think yep. that's that's really interesting i i, I it's it's unique you know and it's it's it's, it's like you've never it's like you've managed to to sort of not pay attention to the sort of pigeonholes that we all box nope, ourselves yep. into and uh, i think that's really good i think that's really cool yep it, it, it and it comes out of uh love not out of let's find something that makes us unique no it's just this is our dna you know we could do other things that give us very good money right now, but we don't do them because it's not our DNA. 
Thank you, Carlos. Thank you so much for talking. It's, to it's, been, ab- it's been absolutely fascinating um, listening to you speak, and <laughs> you can hear how passionate you are about it, which is which is really good. And I say this a lot because you talk to people in the industry who are doing an amazing job. I always say, "Good luck," but you, you don't. You're not going to need it because you do. Everybody needs like just give yeah. me all the lag you can. You can have. <laughs> give me all the lag. You don't need it, man. You don't need it. You don't need it. Uh, best of luck in everything you do in the man. future. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll smash it. But um, can't wait to see where you go. Uh, as a as a media well as a brand wherever you go and uh yeah can't wait to see you in the future you know as you do you know the song is called our way for a reason (laughs) (laughs) well i'm looking forward to the album so oh yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right guys thank you so much eh? thank you very much carlos i really appreciate it have a good one you too man